This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The Building Better Business podcast is the best place to learn how to take your business to the next level. It's no longer enough to earn good profits. You need to develop a network of connections as well as use all types of marketing to your advantage that will put you over the edge. Hosted by me, Steve Eschbach, a financial executive with decades of experience in dealing with businesses and business people, we'll learn how this all comes together. Join me and my expert guests as we delve into the many facets of owning the business and how to become a good, caring business owner. Listen how making a difference in your community can attract all sorts of clientele, which in turn will build you a better business. Greetings of the day, my fellow listeners, and thank you for joining us for another edition of Building Better Businesses. I am your host, Steve Eschbach. I am the president of Transworld Business Advisors of Naperville. Transworld Business Advisors is the largest and fastest growing business brokerage in the world. I am one of I think seven of us now in Chicagoland, but more importantly, there are about 225 of us throughout the world. And uh, we as a collaborative team do our best to assist business owners confidentially sell and match them up with qualified buyers. We also do some franchise development work with our clients and uh, we also do franchise sales for anyone looking to get into that market. Uh, I'm delighted today to have my guest, uh, Spencer Shaw, who is going to talk to us a little bit on how you can build a better business by using the podcast, which is ironically what we're doing here today. So first of all, uh, I welcome Spencer, who's CEO of Podkick Media. And uh, welcome. Tell us a little bit about your firm and uh, anything else we want to know about where you are today currently. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, my company is called Podkick. Uh, we're a podcast production company. And the reason why I enjoy that is because I've been a business owner for a number of decades. Oh. And that's a world I love. And our podcast company only works with other businesses. So we're not doing things in comedy or entertainment. So what that means is I formed a company where I get to work listen and interact with other people that have a lot of the same goals as me. So I've created Absolutely. paradise. It's pretty awesome. Sounds good. And I'm in that same arena to some extent, but let's um, let's take a, a stroll down memory lane, if you will. Let's talk a little bit about your childhood. Where were you born and raised and what type of influence did your parents and other family members have on you to get you to where you are today? Yeah. You know, uh, the childhood piece is is strange. We actually moved around quite a bit, even though we weren't a military family. And mm. the reason why we moved around is my dad was in business. And so he was a uh, franchisee. He was the first franchisee to bring Chick-fil-A out West. Oh my. And this was a long time ago. And then he owned a few other franchises uh, throughout his career. So I grew up in the back office of his business and the back hallways of a mall and everything else. And so uh, there wasn't necessarily business conversations at home, but I'm sure through being around it, there was a lot that I absorbed. And as I matured, I decided that was the path I wanted to go on. 
So it sounds like entrepreneurship was uh, instilled in you from the get-go, right? Yeah. You know, I would say what was interesting is that he was constantly innovating. And I think we all know that with a franchise, a lot of people believe that, you know, there's not much innovation you can do or you're stuck in a box. And that's not true. Uh, there's a lot that you can do. And I got to see that. And it was really helpful for me as a child to understand that there's some innovations, things that can happen. And it was wonderful. Yeah, I crack an ear-to-ear smile about your comment about being a franchisee owner. And while there are many established and uh, protocols in place to assist you to be successful, many of us throughout the world, we also take some innovation in terms of doing peripheral things that help us succeed. So while a franchise is a great model to follow and it provides you with the marketing, the database needed to succeed, uh, there's also opportunities for you to extend uh, some uh, you know, enhancement opportunities above and beyond that. So um, I see that you're focusing primarily on business, fitness, and finance models. Like you said, you don't do stand-up comedy or any type of comedy podcast. I get all that. What made you focus in on the finance and the business area as opposed to, let's say, marketing or legal or anything like that, accounting, what, what have you? So I'll have to go back to how it occurred because, you know, I think there's a couple of different paths and and rarely do I see it that a business owner or entrepreneur, they know exactly what it is that they want and that's what they end up doing. It's usually, hey, this is what I want. And then what they end up doing is something, (laughs) you know, far out of that direction. So back in the early, probably 2010-ish, 11, I owned a software company and we were one of the largest Facebook app companies out there. And one of the clients that was using our Facebook app was a division of the Olympics. It was the triathlon division. So they uh, worked closely with us as we developed some pieces and one of the the directors said, hey, we're looking at doing a podcast. And I mean, this is over a decade ago. I said, do you know much about it? And I didn't but I knew someone that did. So we brought that consultant on and we all had a meeting, we chatted. And from there, uh, we ended up helping and doing a little bit of dev on their podcast. Well, because we did great work, they told people and they told people. And all of a sudden we spun off this other company. And so we grew Podkick, what we have now. I ended up buying out my partner and turned into what we have. Now, what's different is we went very deep on finance, very deep on legal. So we do a lot of legal shows, med tech. Uh, We've worked with the Department of Defense and a lot of other larger corporations. So there's a couple of things in your commentary there that kind of rings a bell with me and uh, sort of my mantras. Number one uh, is a concept of you never know. And I'll give you a story here. Um, I did investor relations for a number of multi-billion dollar publicly traded companies. And when the time came for me to move on, someone asked me, so Steve, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to continue to coach business executives, enhance the value of the companies they represent. Long story short, United Franchise Group contacted me and lo and behold, I'm now a mergers and acquisition specialist in the smaller arena. I never had that plan, but I'm glad it turned out the way it is. And then the second thing is you talk about bringing in people who have subject matter expertise that is above and beyond what you know. So I think the long story short is that, you know, you listen, learn, respond, and then 
surround yourself with people who can assist you be successful. Is that kind of a good summary of what you were talking about? Absolutely. You know, very uh, well articulated. Yeah. So to your point now, tell us more why you think podcasts is an effective way to enhance your business success. I don't think many business owners kind of use that as an avenue. Of course, you and I both do because we're hosting podcasts, but maybe you can kind of tell us in your own words why you think this is an effective medium to enhance your business operations. Absolutely. I'm going to ask one question so that I'm probably going to give two different scenarios. But with the audience, I would assume that there are business owners out there that are in local markets. So there's a service area, region, whatever that may be. And then there are businesses that you've brokered, helped, coached, inspired that are more global. So is that correct? Excellent. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give two answers to that. First, on a local market, the reason why podcasting, I believe, is one of the most effective, if not the most effective tool for using in a business at least on the content side and authority side, is because what happens is you reduce a lot of friction. So as a business owner on a local market, depending on the category you're in, you're competing a lot of, uh, with a lot of different people. Your competition is in Google. You're finding the business through Google Maps or reviews or whatever that may be. And so that means you're playing a couple of different games. You're playing the authority game which is your Google reviews, the content that you have on your site. But you're also playing the game of you know, making sure you are valuable in your marketplace. So a podcast, what it does is it allows you to create content quickly. You know, It's quite difficult as a business owner to sit down at your desk and say, okay, well, what am I going to scratch out today that's, yeah. that's going to impact my marketplace? So in a local perspective, being able to have interviews or share content, the podcast is absolutely amazing. Second, what it does is as you create that content, you become that authority. Well, if you've positioned yourself correctly, you can now be working with local media. You can be working with other business owners in your local area. And so you've positioned yourself with greater authority. The next is what it does is it helps your customers. It's educating them. It's incredibly valuable. And so on a local side, I find it to be the lowest friction piece that really makes a difference. Now, on a global side, that's where you can make an impact in uh, different capacities, meaning, you know, creating a podcast, you can interview uh, different business experts or industry experts. You can have conversations that may form partnerships in the future that may attract new talent that you're hiring globally. It's one of those tools that I think many forget how valuable it can be and how leverageable it is over video, over a normal social media account, over going to BNI meetings or whatever else it may be. And I'm not discounting any of them. I'm just saying, if we're looking at the Archimedes lever, I have not found anything that's better. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, one other thing I'll ask you, it is not a concept where it's one and done, right? It's a concept where you have to continue to maintain and enhance your presence. Visibility is key. Many of us in marketing know that uh, sometimes you got to go through 12 to 15 no's before you get a yes. And sometimes in sales, you know that the uh, touches, you sometimes have to get up to five to 10 before that transaction is done. Isn't that correct as well, based on your experience? 
Yeah, there's a lot of the work that takes place over time. And, you know, what may resonate with one person, you know, prospect, listener, whatever you want to call them, may not resonate with another. And so that's why consistency absolutely makes a difference. And on top of that, what it's doing is if you're looking at it from a long-term perspective, you're constantly finding new people, new conversations that you can have. What I often hear from people, you know, we own a network with a lot of shows and there's typically two things that happen from a podcast. And the first is that it reduces the friction in a prospect's buying cycle because, you know, often uh, depending on the service that you're selling, let's say you're a, a local financial advisor, we'll use that as an example. Uh, there's a lot of things that have to happen for that new prospect to have trust, for them to like you, for them to understand you. Well, a podcast can do a lot of that. And also the educational benefits. You know, if someone has a question, yeah, you can have them sit in your office for an hour. Or you could get on a Zoom. Why not send them a link to an episode that covers it? And now you didn't take your time. And you can save your time for the conversations that are most important. The second thing that is most valuable with podcasting is that it accelerates that trust so that when a person does commit, they commit at a much larger level and longer term, that commitment is much higher. Yeah. So let me ask you this question. So you probably have had thousands of podcasts. Well, maybe not thousands, but many podcast guests. I know you've got hundreds of thousands of uh, followers on your podcast. What is a, let's say the one, two or three pieces of advice that you give your guests before they record the podcast with you in terms of getting a, a comfort level and B getting the message across? Is there any advice you would give your podcast uh, guests when you uh, invite them in? Yeah. So I think first there's a mechanical piece. Um, and I know this, this sounds strange, but the mechanical piece is that we use the term garbage in, garbage out. So we want the best quality we can get. And I know that sounds strange for me to go mechanical, but there's a reason for that. If the audio sounds so bad, or if the experience is so bad, regardless of how good the message is, it's going to be nearly impossible for a person's patience to get through that, a listener. So assuming we've got that out of the way, the best thing for a person to you know, explain when they're having a guest show up is to do some solid preparation, make sure that you're asking great questions and be in the captain's seat that leads that guest along and know what you're trying to get out of it. And as you know what you're trying to get out of it, it helps you direct the conversation. But be willing to let the conversation go where it needs to, because that's where a lot of magic happens. And too often uh, I've seen podcasts where it's, you know, uh, too rigid, like every single question is the same and it's just looking for the next. And really that's kind of like going on a date with someone when they're just waiting for their turn to talk. <laughs> you don't want that. <laughs> you know, that's something we know we don't want. And then the second I've seen is someone just says, okay, well, let's show up and we'll hit record and talk. And that may be a little too loose as well. So you have to have structure, frameworks, processes in place, and then allow for something to happen. Now, you're talking a lot about advice that you're giving to people, but during the, the course of your, your podcast series, what are some of the more significant learning lessons that you've experienced that have been 
enabled you to enhance your program going forward? Because I know we all have learning experiences. I no longer have mistakes I, because I do it so often that they're now learning experiences and I can hopefully enhance what I do even better. What are some of the major items you encountered that enabled you to enhance your programming to date? Yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of surprises that happen by showing up and doing the work that we often forget about. One is the surprise of the relationships that you'll get. You know, that has has been absolutely critical and life-changing for me. You know, I've had conversations with billionaires. I've had conversations with people that have moved the markets in incredible ways. I've had conversations with inventors and people that are creating new technology. Now, the conversation shouldn't end there. What that is, is that's opening the door to saying, I now have a new friend or a new relationship or a new contact for whatever that may be. Where a lot of people mess up is they feel like the interview is the first and final piece to that equation. And it's not. There's there's a lot of relationship pieces from there. There's also an understanding of relationships and those conversations have their time and place. There's some people that are absolutely perfect at that stage of their business and life. And if you're continuing to grow in the future, it may not be a relationship and something that you need. And you have to learn to adapt and grow with that. You know, I don't have a lot of the same friends or associates that I had when I first started business versus I have now. However, there are a few people that just principally have the same values and have had similar or greater success. And I continue to have those relationships and so be fluid with that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, developing trusted relationships, people that you can really count on to uh, to help you along the way is critically important, I think, to succeed. And uh, sounds like you do that. Uh, is there anything you're going to do differently going forward? Or uh, do you think you're really on a path that uh, is uh, kind of humming on all cylinders, if you will? So with the podcast company, that's the company that I have that takes the majority of my time. I own a couple of different companies. But what I love is the team that's surrounded. We have an amazing you know, director of operations and we've got awesome you know, business development and engineers and people that run the show that make sure things happen. Where we've put a lot of focus and where I've put a lot of focus of the last, say this year, has been with our machine learning and artificial intelligence. And so what happens is we've, you know, we have this podcast network and a lot of people they they go down a path like they zig down growing the agency and positioning their brand and whatever that would be. And that's great. And uh, you know, I've done some of that, but where I've zagged is I looked further out and I said, "Well, what's going to be the most valuable asset?" And technology was it. And so we have machine learning experts that work for us. We've developed some software that's pretty amazing. And we'll either, you know, continue to innovate in that marketplace uh, with that AI and that technology, or we'll uh, find something new, whatever comes from that. Again, I'm open and that's why we just keep running. Yeah, I think the key concept that you've relayed, Spencer, is that I think you have to be cognizant of the marketplace, understand what's going on, and respond accordingly. I mean, there's no better example than the past 12 to 18 months where we had this 
uh, once in a hundred year, 200 year pandemic that caused it everything to shift so dramatically. You know, are employees going to return to the office on a regular basis like they did before? Uh, is commercial real estate going to be the same in terms of valuation, giving the changes in the workforce, if you will? Any other changes there that you're grasping with, or are you just going to kind of see how things go and respond accordingly? You know, I, I think there's a lot of changes that are happening. Uh, we're seeing it in the workforce right now with the younger generation and uh, with some of the things that are happening just as a society. I'm noticing that a lot of people are valuing their flexibility more so than you would call community or than you would call uh, advancements in their careers. They're looking to take it by their own terms. That's a good thing and a bad thing. By the good, what that means is we've opened the playing field. You know, in the past, as we built businesses, we had to have those team members uh, near us, maybe, you know, be in the office or whatever that would be. That's no longer the case in almost all situations. Uh, The next is that where it's challenging is that because of the younger generation, in some cases, they want to bounce around a lot more. That's harder to really develop someone. But a lot of these younger generation, and I'm probably dating myself (laughs) age-wise, but uh, what happens is they're incredibly brilliant, innovative. They're looking at things a different way. And for us business owners, we need to take the time and, and say, they understand something at a, at a level that we just don't, the connectedness. And uh, it's remarkable about what's coming up. I do think that there is a lot of false assumptions and things that are happening in the marketplace. You know, like the economy is humming along pretty well. And I think that we're ripe for even more innovations. I totally agree with you. Unfortunately, Spencer, we're approaching the end of our allotted time here for this podcast. And, uh, is there anything that are questions that we haven't covered that you want the audience to know about? Uh, you know, one thing that I love to do is I, I host a podcast called Business Growth. And I have conversations with business owners about growing their business. And what's really insightful in many cases is that growing a business is a lot easier than most people think it is. Mm-hmm. And you just have to be a lot more intentional. And the second is going to be a plug for you, which is if you're looking to start a business or to grow your business quickly, one of the best things you can do is to buy your competitor or to buy a business. I mean, if if you have that ability right now, where we are at this time frame, there's no better time if you're buying the right business. So Spencer, I now expect my phone to be ringing off the hook, but just as an added commentary before we end, many of the clients that I deal with, believe it or not, are existing companies that exactly are saying what you're saying. They understand that they've got a presence in the marketplace and they call me up and say, Steve, I don't want to sell my business. I want to acquire some businesses that are looking to get out. So to your point, I think that is correct. I mean, there are just as many companies out there looking to expand through acquisition as there are companies wishing to get acquired by someone else. So that's a great point. Last but not least, Spencer, where can we go to find out more information about you? 
Yeah. Our corporate site is podkick.com. You can find me on Twitter at Spencer Shaw. Uh, You can find me on LinkedIn, Spencer Shaw. And you know, those are probably the best places. I I don't have a huge constant social presence, uh, meaning I'm not on there all the time, but if you do tag me, I will respond. And I am uh, one that puts, you know, oftentimes we hear some people say they put family first. Uh, I actually do. So we travel as a family, but I do, you know, respond and I constantly love to help people. And then if you're looking to listen to anything that I've said or other conversations, go to business growth, check out that podcast. That's great. Thanks so much, Spencer. Thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing your insights. I learned a lot by talking with you. Audience members, I hope you also learned a lot and you have contact information for Spencer. By all means, feel free to reach out and uh, go ahead and start building a better business for yourself. Thanks so much and have a good day. Thanks, Steve. The Building Better Business podcast is the best place to learn how to take your business to the next level. It's no longer enough to earn good profits. You need to develop a network of connections as well as use all types of marketing to your advantage that will put you over the edge. Hosted by me, Steve Eschbach, a financial executive with decades of experience in dealing with businesses and business people, we'll learn how this all comes together. Join me and my expert guests as we delve into the many facets of owning the business and how to become a good, caring business owner. Listen how making a difference in your community can attract all sorts of clientele, which in turn will build you a better business.